podcast that helps you return to yourself and to your desires so you can live the exact life you want. This is for you if you're ready to make major changes in your career, in your relationships, or within yourself. While I am a therapist, this is not a substitute for going to therapy. Hello, Lauren. It is so exciting to have you. I was just saying before I push the button that when I decided to do this podcast, I immediately thought of you. And so welcome to Return. I'm so glad you're here. Hooray. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Just for everyone's background purposes, Lauren and I, we met on Instagram, I suppose you could say. Yeah, Um, we did. And just connected over astrology and blending that into therapy. And I do a lot more human design in my work, but just really kind of coloring outside of the lines, I guess, of a typical therapist. And you are on Instagram as astrotherapy, which is such an amazing name. And you combine (laughs) astrology and therapy and coaching in your personal work. I'm so curious what brought you to that place of combining those two things in that way, because you are such a guide and inspiration for the rest of us who are like, oh my gosh, we can do this this way. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm happy to share about that. I I was always interested in astrology, like going back to even like middle school, always reading my horoscope, reading any astrology book that I could find at Barnes and Noble. So it has always kind of been like in the background for me. And then when I was in graduate school, I got my first astrology reading and a few things happened. One was that I was just totally blown away by how validating it was. Like this person could see my intuitive gifts and basically was like, you're, you're meant to integrate astrology or spirituality it was spirituality, he said, and psychology. And and that might sound like really obvious given what I do now, but at the time it was really a profound insight. Like it was something that I had been feeling, but no one was telling me that. Like I had no examples, like this is pre, you know, Instagram therapy days. And then I had this other realization that, you know, I had been in therapy for, you know, close to 10 years at that time. And it had been really helpful, of course, but astrology is also so rich and I just wanted it to be a part of my own healing and I couldn't find anyone that was doing it and I know I'm not the first person to combine therapy and astrology but the reality is I couldn't find it and so I just was like guess it has to be me (laughs) I'll do it and then I just had this vision of integrating the two together and yeah just like weaving together like two really helpful systems for healing Absolutely. As you were talking, I was like, that is such, you're a manifester in human design, right? I am. Yeah. I was like, that is such (laughs) a manifester move. Like, oh, okay. I'll, I'll initiate this for us, everybody. I know. I just love that. I think I buried the lead a little bit because I got so excited about asking you about your background. Let's ground everyone in who you are, what you do. (laughs) Obviously, you're a therapist and an astrologer, but tell us more about Lauren. Yeah, so I'm a, I am a therapist and I'm an astrologer and my practice is based out of Seattle. I live in Houston now and yeah, I came to therapy from being a yoga teacher 
my, my first career was actually as a fashion designer. So I worked as a corporate fashion designer and made it one year <laughs> and it was just totally the wrong, you know, move. And then I was teaching yoga for a long time and was realizing just that I, I was bumping up against people's trauma and really wanting to go deeper and seeing the limits of, you know, white Western interpretation of yoga and just wanting to go deeper with people and wanting again, it to be like a sacred spiritual experience. So I went to grad school from there and now this is what I do. And it's the best. It's the best. It's a really great career and I love it. Yeah. I can definitely relate to a lot of that and completely agree about it being a great career and also really understand doing something totally different in the beginning and kind of finding our way to this place, which is so amazing. I'm curious, this pops up in my personal life a lot. What would you say to someone who is astro curious, this is my term, but also like a little bit skeptical, you know, about astrology? I think about my partner in that he's recently become more interested in it as I've shared things and done professional things around it. But what would you say to someone who's like, hmm, I'm curious, but I, this is, we're talking about the stars, right? You know, this is, this is different. Yeah. I, first of all, I, I really appreciate skeptical people and I, and I'm a skeptic too. So I, and I think, you know, I know we're both IFS therapists, so I really welcome in skeptical parts in, in this work. Really? And I think we need them, right? Cause they're most of the time they're trying to protect us from getting duped or being embarrassed. And, and I've had to work with my own skeptical parts in, especially really claiming like, this is what I do. And this is a part of who I, who I am. And I'm not just purely in the like academic realm. You know, I am working in the spiritual realm, but I would say to those people that if you are both skeptical and curious, if both of those parts are present, just start studying and exploring your chart. I think for most people, we're exposed to astrology through sun sign horoscopes, which are fun, but not especially accurate. They're not. I mean, <laughs> they're just for fun. They're most of the time not written by an astrologer. And even if they were, the concept of a horoscope as the way we know it, it's just too broad to be accurate. And if that's all you're exposed to, then of course you would be skeptical. But as you and I both know, like there's 10 planets and there are houses and you have all 12 signs woven in your birth chart. And there's aspects and conversations that planets are having in your chart that really bring out the nuance. And then there's the whole part about like timing. And I think that's really where astrology comes alive is where we start to get into timing. And I know that's really like the core of our conversation here. Like Saturn return is a timing, you know, component of astrology. And yeah, so I, I would just say like, start to explore it because that's what will, you know, help you discern whether it, it is something, you know, worth your time or not. But just having that initial exposure to sun sign horoscopes that most people have, you know, of course you would be be skeptical if that was your only option. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking too about how nuanced astrology is and how what like a three sentence sun sign horoscope, it doesn't <laughs> capture really, as you were saying, anything about what's happening and that timing piece, you know, 
learning about the transits and what's hitting your chart where and all of that, because of course the planets are moving, you know? Yeah. So that makes so much sense. And I love that. And yes, we both are IFS therapists. So you're going to hear a lot of parts language. If you don't know what IFS is, that will be a different episode. I promise we'll get into that, but it's really the lens of therapy in which we view parts inside of us as the core there. So this podcast is called Return for a lot of reasons, but mainly talking about the time in life when Saturn returns to its original position and a Saturn return. Maybe people have heard of that, maybe not. But first of all, because this happens, you know, every 27 to 29 and a half years ish. So it happens in our late 20s and early 30s. And it's just this time that I found when I was working with clients that, oh my goodness, all of my clients are going through the same thing. And some of the same themes are coming up. And it just led me to be really curious about it. Just being astrology curious myself, but not having any formal study. So can you share more with us about what is a Saturn return from your perspective? I think you have a beautiful way of explaining it. We went into this a little bit on an Instagram live we did, but what is this time and why is it so significant? Yeah. So the, the technical piece, I think you've actually kind of already named, which is it's a 29 and a half year cycle approximately where Saturn, the planet in the sky returns to the exact degree of the exact sign that it was in when you were born and so that's like technically what's happening your birth chart is a static map or a static document and then Saturn comes back to that same place that it was when you were born and you know most of us will have two to three Saturn returns right like the one when we're about 30 one when we're 60 and then if we're lucky enough we'll have another one at 90 and it's basically a reality check. <laughs> it's the experience of realizing your actions have long-term consequences because Saturn governs like the structures in our society and the structures in our lives, as well as time and aging. So it's this period, you know, in our, in our late twenties where we realize like I need substance and stability in my life. And before that, it's not like such a big deal, right? To be with the wrong partners or to try out a career or live in a city that doesn't work for you. But Saturn return is that three-year period where Saturn is transiting the sign that it was in where you were born, where you start to rethink and restructure and set yourself up for what will sustain you over the next 30 years. I have a lot more to say, but yeah, does that make sense? Yes, that makes so much sense. I love what you said about setting yourself up for what's going to sustain you. That resonated so much for me as I reflect on what happened during my Saturn return and what it was like for me and not even having, I mean, I wish I would have had this information at that time, you know, it would have made so much more sense, but that's all right. And I think it's such an important piece. And if even if you think about culturally, even if people have no idea about astrology, we still kind of mark these in life. You know, we'll say like, oh, a quarter life crisis, a midlife crisis. It's like we still mark these passages of time in different ways and really realize 
that these shifts are happening, whether or not we're aware of the astrology of it. Okay, so it's a cycle. Saturn will move through signs about every three-ish years. Am, am I correct in that? Yeah, yeah, a- approximately three years per sign. And and I really like to think of the Saturn return as that whole three-year period. So again, like technically it's when Saturn returns to the exact degree it was when you were born, but once Saturn enters the sign that it was in when you were born, like that whole three-year period is the period of Saturn return. And I actually think of people within like Saturn cohorts. So like yeah. we, we are in the Saturn and Capricorn cohort and the Saturn and Aquarius cohort is about to finish and, you know, and so on. And it, and it really is these sort of like subdivisions of a generation, like where we're, we're all millennials, but the Saturn and Capricorn millennials are a little bit different than the Saturn and Sagittarius or the Saturn and Scorpio before us. Yeah, absolutely. I love this idea of cohorts because something else I wish I would have had during my Saturn return was just support and information and knowledge that, oh, other people are going through this. And I think my timing of my Saturn return was really interesting because I realized that most of my peers born in the same year or like in this were in the same school year as me have Saturn in Sagittarius and including my partner who was actually born a few months after me. So I think I was in this weird time, yeah. like a little bit of Capricorn and then it kept going, which is so interesting because then even knowing that now it's like, oh, I kept wondering like, why are my friends not going th- through this at the same time or what's happening? So I love this idea of finding your cohort within that. It's so great we're having this conversation now because one cohort is ending, Saturn in Aquarius, and one is beginning, Saturn in Pisces. (laughs) So can we talk a little bit about that? What does each cohort need to know about the ending and the beginning? Yeah, I would say, well, First of all, one of the things I love about looking at Saturn cycles is you really, you probably don't need your birth time. So mm-hmm. anyone can, again, there's a few exceptions, but like you can figure out if you have Saturn and Aquarius or, or whatever you have without your birth time. So if you have Saturn and Aquarius, there has been this pressure on you for the last three years. Like you might have felt like you were being held back a little bit or like you had a lot of ideas for what you want to be doing but it just like wasn't coming to fruition because again Saturn wants to make sure that we've got everything that we need to prepare like for this next phase of life and so I I distinctly remember at the end of Saturn Saturn and Capricorn like I could feel a shift of wow this time is over. I am entering into like a new phase of adulthood because it really is. If you have Saturn and Aquarius, like you are about to move out of the transition from childhood to adulthood. And that's from the astrological perspective. So I know that, you know, if you're 29, like, yes, you're an adult, but over the lifespan, this, from this perspective really is that, that that pivotal moment where you know, you, you step away from family conditioning and you really individuate into who you are as an adult in adult society. And so I would say if you can 
after March 7th, can you take a break? <laughs> just like ease up for a few weeks because you've really been through it. I, I just, yeah, if that's at all possible, like if you can just give yourself a moment to breathe and some space for reflection, that would be my suggestion for, for the Saturn and Aquarius group. Yeah, it makes so much sense. It's almost like energetically, if you're tuned in, you can feel that ending. And I love what you're saying here because it has been, in my mind, it immediately goes to like running a marathon. It's like you just ran a marathon and now you need to (laughs) enjoy it, take a rest, nourish yourself and just relax and reflect. I think that reflection piece is so key as well. I wish that was something I would have done. Well, I didn't have a lot of this information, but had I had it, I wish I would have really reflected on it. Now I can look back and reflect, but it's like the lessons have already come in and life has done what life is going to do. So that makes so much sense that Saturn and Aquarius folks would, after March 7th, really get to nourish and relax and rest and reflect. What about those that are starting, our, our friends with Saturn and Pisces? I would just say to them, you need to be aware, or it would be great if you were aware that your life is going to change. Like you you are becoming an adult. You might feel like you're an adult now, but once Saturn moves into Aries three years from now, you will. I can say confidently from reading hundreds of charts and working with hundreds of clients, you will be different at the end of this time. And this really is the best time to be in therapy. I think if you haven't been to therapy yet, I almost think this is a perfect age to start. Like, I'm not saying like, I went to therapy before Saturn return and that was great, but I really started to get a lot out of it during these years because it becomes, again, like you're just like a little more serious about your life and just knowing that you you might be going through some really big changes and it doesn't have to be negative like some people will experience loss some people will change careers or break up or have to get divorced get married have kids like i mean really big life stuff happens during these ages but again it doesn't have to be bad or negative i went to graduate school during my saturn return and so that was you know, literally like those exact three years were, were my Saturn return. And it was really hard, right? Cause I was making no money and I was living in a new city. And so that was my, you know, theme throughout my Saturn return was becoming a therapist. And so it was challenging, but it wasn't negative. And my, my life didn't completely fall apart, but I think it's holding that the likelihood that there's going to be some shift that you need support with is very high. And yeah, it's just so important to have support during this time. Yeah, absolutely. I I love what you said about getting serious about therapy during this time and taking life more seriously. And even if that's not a thought of yours or perhaps even a value, astrologically speaking, Saturn will enhance that anyways <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Saturn will gently push you in that direction so that makes a lot of sense and I completely resonated with that as well I went to therapy before my Saturn return but I really 
did the work starting in the middle to end of mine and have really stayed in that space since that time. But it is so interesting to think about that. And it is why I'm so passionate about this time, about people having this information because knowledge is power. If you know that this is happening, you can do something about it. You can find a great therapist or a healer or astrologer or however you want to connect with yourself and reflect and get space and support. This is absolutely 100% the time to do it. I love also what you said about it's not always quote unquote negative. Like Saturn is if I understood everything that you shared with me correctly, Saturn kind of reinforces structure. So if you have a solid structure in one place, Saturn's going to be like, cool, great job. Way to go. You're on the right track and isn't going to mess it up. I mean, I got married during my Saturn return. So is that true? That Okay. So that's true then. Yeah. That like if you're structurally sound in some places, Saturn's going to be like, great, <laughs> great work. Keep it going. Yeah. And I, I would even just, to, I agree with you. And just to add to that, any structures that make it out of Saturn return or are strengthened during that time, I'm not saying they're going to last forever, but they have stood the test of, you know, a planet coming in and, and testing your structures. They have withstood that sort of pressure. And so I think this is for anyone just thinking back over the last three years as we're, you know, as we're transitioning into a new Saturn cycle, anything that has like made it through these three years. I mean, think about all the pressure testing we have been under since March (sighs) of 2020. I mean, yeah. Something that has made it through that, you know, is pretty solid. And I think that's, again, you're saying that's the nature of Saturn is to be like, what's working. And if it's not, you need to change it. That's the message of Saturn. Yeah. And the you need to change it is not going to just be a gentle suggestion. (laughs) It's going to, from my understanding, (laughs) it's going to really, until you change it, it's going to be a bit painful. Is that also right? Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. That has been my experience. Yes. (laughs) Oh, mine too. I was like, why is this so hard? I'm so curious So we've talked about these cohorts, right, that align with Saturn and Pisces and or Saturn and Aquarius. And the way you can know this information, if you're like, Caitlin, Lauren, how do I know where Saturn is in my chart? You just go to astro-charts.com and you put in your information and you look up and it will just say on there Saturn in blah, blah, blah sign. So that's how you know when we say that, that's how you know where it is. How can people know the quote unquote themes of their particular Saturn return if they do have Saturn in Aquarius or Saturn in Pisces? And I know there's layers to this as well. Uh, So if you have your birth time, you can cast a chart like you named. I like astro dash charts because it's pretty like simple to look at. And that will tell you the house where you have your natal Saturn. And house topics in astrology are basically life topics. So the chart is divided into 12 houses and each of those little like slices of pizza tell us a a certain, you know, set of life topics. So for example, if you have, if you're, you know, you're Saturn in Pisces and you have Saturn in your seventh house, that's the house of relationships. 
And so you can expect that your relationships are going to be tested and, you know, your part of your Saturn return story is going to be looking at not just your romantic relationships, but your close friendships and your close, any close partnerships in your life, if it's client work or that kind of thing. So that's just like you're saying, that's like one little nuance. And also because Saturn is so foundational, it's not limited to that house, but I just noticed again from doing this work that a lot of the themes come through that house, but it's also bigger than that. That makes a ton of sense. It's almost like if you can look, find where Saturn is in your chart and you see the house and then I think you can just Google Saturn and yeah. blah, blah, blah house and it will tell you the themes or you can also look at there's lots of cool charts online that show the theme of each house. So you can look at this on your own. And it's almost like Saturn is shining a flashlight on that particular area, right? But that doesn't mean that other life themes won't also be involved because Saturn is the home inspector checking every single thing. (laughs) Yeah, sure your home is really solid. You have a nice foundation. And Saturn's going to double check like relationships. I'm zooming in on this if you have Saturn in your seventh house, but everything is still fair game to be checked. Is that right? Yes. That's such a great way of putting it. I love that. And the flashlight metaphor of like really shining a light on like these specific set of topics. And also again, he's coming in to expect to inspect the whole, the whole house. Yeah. He's not just going to let you walk away with not taking a look at least at everything. I'm pretty sure it was you, Lauren, that gave me the flashlight thing. So thank you for that. Cause it's such a great visual of what's happening because of this podcast and because major themes that I've noticed in clients during Saturn return tend to be career and relationships, because those are major things in our life that either have a sound structure or don't. So you were talking about the seventh house would really highlight relationships and tell me about career. Is there a house? I know there is, but which house is it for career? Yeah. Yeah. So the two kind of like work houses are the 10th house. So the ten, the first one's the 10th house and that's your career overall or like your public reputation or your life's work, your legacy. That's very 10th house. But there's also the sixth house, which is sort of like your daily work routines, like mm-hmm. where you go every day, who you see every day. If you are a boss, like your employees would would show up in the sixth house. My Saturn return was in my sixth house. So it was a lot of changing totally what I did every day and where, you know, who I saw, what my routine was and what I was doing on the day to day. And just for anyone that has a little more astro knowledge, the sixth house and the 10th house are connected by aspect. So even though they represent like different aspects of work, like they are connected. If you're, if you are looking specifically for, for work, but Again, like you're saying, relationships and work are such pillars of our lives that the chances that something is going to show up in your Saturn return with those topics is pretty high. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because while my romantic relationship was really solidified and I have Saturn in my first house, so I don't have it in my seventh house. A lot of my friendships really transitioned during my Saturn return and either solidified or shifted. And and 
didn't solidify or broke apart. It makes so much sense what you're saying that even though that area might be under a flashlight, there's still all of these different ways that Saturn is supporting us to have solid structure and align. I also think about the word alignment. Maybe that's wrong, but I see it so much in my work of helping people find this alignment, this solid foundation and everything in their life. Saturn will really support you in doing that in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. What else do people need to know or what else should they be paying extra special attention to during this time? Is there anything that we need to zoom in on or? Yeah, I would just say, and this is for anyone. So even if you're not going through Saturn return, you know, coming into it or, or exiting out of it, the shift from Saturn and Aquarius that, you know, that we're in right now to Saturn and Pisces, which will be the next three years from now is, is very significant because for the last six years, when we were in Saturn and Aquarius and Saturn and Capricorn, those were Saturn ruled signs. Mm. And so when Saturn is in one of his home signs, Aquarius and Capricorn, it's like, He's really powerful. When you're in your own house, you can change the lights and the temperature and you're comfortable there and you can really express yourself well, hopefully. That's the ideal is you're super comfortable in your own home. But now Saturn is moving into Pisces, which is a sign that is ruled by Jupiter, which is very different. So Saturn's kind of moving into the the Piscean realm of like emotions and connection. I don't know exactly what that means for the collective, but I, I do know that Saturn's moving into this totally other, you know, kind of like energetic space. And I just feel like things are going to be different. We've kind of been under the six year, very Saturn, very structured, like things are changing. We're very serious. We're kind of cut off from people. And then we're moving into this more emotional, spiritual, intuitive space. I'm curious, the last time Saturn was in Pisces, you know, you and I were like six years old. (laughs) So we haven't lived through that. And I, I just am curious what, what that will bring with this different tone. Ooh, wow. I'm having parts that are getting a little bit excited about this shift. Personally, I mean, I have four or five planets in Capricorn, so I can tend to have a really serious, structured, grounded approach to life. And so this makes me feel super excited. My Mercury is actually in Pisces, though. Same. Really? Yeah, I have Mercury in Pisces. Yeah. I mean, not, <laughs> not surprised. You and I have a lot of common. Yeah. This makes me really curious too. This is kind of a left field question, but when you're talking about the collective, I've noticed this resurgence more recently of people being more and more curious into that. Would that be a dynamic of this or is that something that's just like they're not connected? Is Could that be possible? I just get really curious. Yeah. Well, I, we, you know, we, we absolutely, we have had a surge of interest in the spiritual, in astrology and witchcraft and, you know, all kinds of things. And I think there's some planetary things that have contributed to that. But I think it's been going on, you know, for a while. And I think this, the Saturn 
Pisces. So Saturn moving into Pisces will just give it a different flavor. Mm. Like the thing that's been coming to mind for me that I've, that I've been seeing is the decriminalization of psychedelics. Yeah. That's psychedelics are very like Piscean and open up energetic channels and all, all that. And I, And now we're getting the structures in society on board with that slowly. And Saturn is slow. So I don't expect it to be like, bam, overnight, we all have access to that if we want to. But it's slowly we're getting more real and more structured about these very ethereal Piscean ideas. So I don't, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but I... I'm excited for it too. And a little nervous just because it's new, (laughs) but yeah, I think it will, it will be a very big tone shift. Wow. I didn't even think about the psychedelic aspect, but when you were saying that, it makes so much sense. And this is why I always love and appreciate chatting with you around the structure. I didn't even think about the structure of something that would be open you to more intuitiveness and more expansion and more emotional stuff like psychedelics is a huge especially in our field Mm -hmm. with therapy there's a huge opening now and lots of there's in place to support people if they would like to choose that as a healing modality which is really exciting cool well I'm excited to see what this energy brings okay something else that I'm very personally invested in that you talked about this event that happens around 35 that has to do with Saturn too, right? Can we talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So it's usually a little closer to 37-ish, but just back what you were saying where like you, your, your friends, even though they're the same age, they were going through Saturn in Sagittarius, even though you're Saturn in Capricorn. So it can happen a little closer to 35, depending on you know, when, when and where Saturn falls in your chart. So yeah, 35, 36, all the way up to 38, just, just in the same way Saturn return, we look at like, you know, really like 27 to 31. So plus seven years is a quarter of a, of a Saturn cycle. And that is the first Saturn square since the Saturn return. And what that means is Saturn is forming a 90 degree angle, like to itself, by, by transit in your chart. So it's a hard aspect, which means it's kind of a point of tension. And basically it's first checkpoint since your Saturn return. It's a three-year period where you're like, okay, like what have I built since my Saturn return? Am I really integrating the lessons that I've learned? Am I continuing to build and create a sustainable life for myself? And The reason why this is so important is because there's several transits and experiences in our 40s that can be really challenging and they're they're totally different energy because they're not Saturn. Of course, we still have Saturn transits all throughout our life, but these are different planetary experiences and they have a different energy than Saturn. And so when our structure is really solid, you know, after Saturn return and at this checkpoint in the late thirties, we're being set up to navigate the bumpy waters of the mid forties, like much better. Mm. And if we don't have that really solid foundation, then, then we get things like the midlife crisis in the mid forties or things really 
get wild <laughs> if we're not just so solid with like the Saturnian part of our life. So that can be a tough couple of years where you're like, whoa, is this what I'm really building into my middle adulthood? Is this really what I, what I want to do? And is it working for me? Yeah. So it's a check-in. Hey, how's it going? Have you incorporated the things from your Saturn return? Are your structures still sound? Are you still in alignment and in attunement with what's going to carry you through all of those more difficult, harsher aspects in your 40s? As you were talking, I was thinking, wow, even though it's uncomfortable. A Saturn return can be really uncomfortable or, or this, I think you called it a Saturn square. Is that right? Saturn. Is yeah. yeah. It sounds like it's not, you know, rainbows and sunshine all the time. I was just thinking how actually supportive though this is for us in terms of making sure life is going in the quote unquote solid foundational structured direction that we needed to go. And it's really supporting us and making sure that things that are out of alignment don't stick around because that obviously isn't for our highest good. Yeah. It's like, are you, are you still with that person that doesn't meet your needs? Mm. How's that going? Do you want to be with that person when you're 45 or 50? Because you know the story by now. It's that kind of thing. Or look at what you've built. Look at that relationship you've built. Look at that career you've built. Where do you want to go from here? That could also be the tone of Saturn. Yeah, I'm loving how you're framing it because it just feels like such a supportive energy, even if it's going to be uncomfortable, even if that relationship isn't the most aligned one for you. It's just a astrological way of checking in and being like, hey, no, no, let me let me help you out here and make sure you're living in relationships because there is someone out there for you that is going to see those things if that's not the person that you're with or even friendship wise like I experienced, I think no matter the relationship, there comes a lot. I see her reaction to that. I just, the fr- the friendship thing is so real. I definitely had a lot of friendship stuff during my Saturn return. And, you know, I know everyone, you know, some people really struggle with romantic relationships and some people really struggle with friendships and et cetera, family work and friendships was, was one of mine. And Saturn does rule my house of relationships. So relationships were really under the spotlight. And I think, you know, before I lived through it, I would have said, oh, it's going to test my partnership, like my marriage. And it certainly did. But what was really tested and what was really hard were my friendships. So it's not always the main topic, right? Yeah. In the astrology world, everyone's like, seventh house, marriage, relationships, long-term partner. But it's also friendships and it's also client work. So again, even those more subtle topics can still really come through and and impact us during during these times, Saturn return, Saturn square, any big Saturn experience. Yeah, it's so true. And I think it's such an important thing to keep in mind as well. Had I known about my astrology, I certainly wouldn't have had friendships on my radar per se. I mean, Saturn's in my first house, which I think is, I can't, I can't remember now what the first house, but isn't the first house like self? So 
Yeah. <laughs> you, your body, your, your core sense of who you are. The first house is very powerful because it's the only house that's really all about you. The other mm -hmm. ones are you in relationship to something else in your life. But the first house is just you as a person. Wow. When you said body, I had I mean, really bad cystic acne during my Saturn return and had all kinds of hormonal issues. And that makes a lot of sense now to me hearing this. Yeah. Just goes to show though, how information is so powerful and things will still come up like we are chatting about. I mean, friendships isn't necessarily a through line for either of us, but it did happen. And, and I can now see in hindsight, wow, I'm grateful, even though it was so painful, I feel really grateful that Saturn was able to kind of highlight those things for me because there was a lot of misalignment there. But I think there's a lot of conditioning, at least from my perspective in society around friendships that helps us stay, at least me, stay connected to some of those things too. So Yeah, for sure. So relatable. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be plenty of episodes on this podcast about friendships. Just, just you all wait. It's going to be so exciting. Okay. While you're sitting here, before we go, is there anything else that's really astro worthy right now that people need to know about? Oh gosh, there's so much. <laughs> you're like, well, where do I start, Caitlin? How much time do you have? Yeah. How much time do you have? I mean, so we've obviously, we've covered Saturn moving into Pisces. Yes. We also have Pluto moving into Aquarius and that is a huge shift. So just for context, Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008. So Ooh. if you know anyone, yeah, anyone that's listening, like think about where you were at in 2008 versus where you are now. I mean, that's like my whole adulthood basically. Yeah. And Pluto moves so slowly, it takes 248 years to go all the way around. And just in contrast with the moon, which is 28 days, so very slow moving. And so when Pluto changes signs, like we are literally moving into a new generation. Mm. It's a generational shift. And Pluto is only in Aquarius for a, a, maybe like six months this year. It will go back to Capricorn, but then in 2024, it will be in Aquarius for, you know, 20 something years. So I think just knowing big shift is coming, like Saturn changing signs once in every three years, Pluto changing signs, not since 2008. And around the same time, it's happening in March. Mm. So March is really like a, a huge turning point for this year. My experience of this year so far, 2023 has been like the first few months, I'm sort of just like continuing Continuing things that were ongoing, maybe some things are getting wrapped up, but then March feels like a new year to me, yeah. feels like a, a true spring of we are now being like, we're, point, we're pointing in another direction. We've been focused on these certain areas for a long time, and now we're, we're kind of just going in a new direction, and all the things that come along with that, the excitement and the fear and the unknown. I don't know exactly what Pluto and Aquarius hold, but I know it's going to be different than Pluto and Capricorn. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously there's so much more I could say, but I think just kind of noting that we're in for a new chapter in March. 
I am realizing that I have parts that are really excited about that. It feels like there's this kind of excited energy in the air, at least for me. And I can definitely start, I'm starting to feel the shifts. I've been noticing in client sessions, there's a lot more discussion of time, either slowing up or speeding down, like speeding down, slowing, either speeding up or slowing down time kind of shifting. And I feel like we can all sort of feel this energy, this really big energetic shift. And of course, people are experiencing that differently because they have different placements too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Last question before we tell all the amazing listeners where they can find you and how they can work with you. For someone that is like, ooh, I've loved what Lauren has said. I'm really curious about working with her, working with someone. I think you might be full, but working with someone that combines astrology and therapy. Could you share a few, you know, pieces of information about what you do when you're working with clients in terms of integrating the astrology of it all, just so people have an idea of like, oh, how does this, how does this actually work if I wanted to do this? Yeah. So how I work is in the first session with someone, I'll read their chart. So it's very different than any other session where I'm pretty much just like relaying like the information that I'm seeing and We'll talk about things that look really strong in your chart, things that look like they might be a struggle. And I've never seen a chart that didn't have gifts and struggles. Like we all have that. And we might touch on, you know, some timing things, things that are coming up. And yeah, and and we'll take that conversation into therapy. And and once I've read someone's chart, the, the astrology is always on the table. So some people I revisit it every few sessions and we'll talk about you know some other part of their chart, another part of their life from the astrological lens. But for most people, you know, after I read their chart, we kind of shift into doing IFS work. And we kind of take, again, take that information and work on parts, like parts that are holding fear, parts that might be holding a trauma from a past experience that might be blocking access to some of those beautiful gifts that are in the chart and and I actually think of parts as the planets like Mm. Mars is the part of me that has a lot of drive and gets agitated and gets angry and Venus is the part of me that loves good food and good wine and a beautiful home and you know that kind of thing and And I think we all have obviously different expressions of the planets in our chart. And I think parts work really can, can weave into that. And the last thing I'll say is just that astrology is therapeutic, right? Like it's, it's really helpful information. It can be very validating. And if anyone knows how powerful it is, like it's me and it's not therapy. We really do need you know, I love IFS. There's other wonderful modalities out there. Some other tool to dig in and reprocess and release energy and move energy around. And I just think they fit so well together because it's like the astrology is like the map of what's going on. And the therapy is like, okay, well, how are we going to, how are we going to navigate through the map together? And how are we going to get, get you where you want to go? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I love that you Think of the planets as parts. I had never conceptualized it in that way. And I was just nodding and resonating so much. Oh, yeah, of course, 
this part of me that does have a lot of drive. I'm an Aries sun. So I do have, you know, it's like, oh yeah. Okay. That makes so much sense. That's so cool. I'm obsessed with that. Thank you for sharing that. It's so amazing and helpful for people, whatever healing modality they choose. I think it is important around this integration of therapy is so incredible I'm a huge fan of IFS too, personally. There are other modalities out there that are great and everyone has to find the one that works for them, but I love IFS. (laughs) And there is something too, having a map, having a guide of, wow, what's blocking? You know, it's almost like you have so much more vision and opportunity and availability than just, oh, this part of me or this part of me, which is so great. But if you're not fully aware of your gifts how do you know what's blocking them absolutely I just could not agree more it's like you can navigate with like hiking poles but if you also have a map and your hiking poles that's going to be a lot better you're going to be able to navigate a lot easier if you have a map I mean and, and literally your birth chart is a map of the sky and so it's like yes metaphorical map but also literally it's a map also a literal map with literal <laughs> yeah. planets, et cetera. Yes. Ah, yes. Lauren, that's so cool. I just want to say thank you for having your manifestor energy in this world and showing us all the way of how to do this and how to bridge these things. It's really inspirational and so exciting. And I feel really grateful that we have connected Tell everyone what you have going on. I took one of your workshops, which was the most fun, by the way. I It took me a while to watch the replay, but once I did, I was like, oh, Lauren, I just, anything she does, I'm like, okay, yeah, signing up right now. Tell everyone what you have going on in the coming couple of months, what's going on for you, and how can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you, if you even have availability for that. Yeah. I mean, the big thing I'm focusing on now is just readings. Like my client practice. Yes. It's pretty full. I'm not really taking anyone right now for like ongoing work, but a really great way, you know, if you want to work with me is to get a reading. And then I've had so many clients that I've done a reading for, and then at the right time they've come back and say like, now it's time to do therapy and I'm here for it. And then I've already read your chart. So I don't have to do that again, (laughs) but yeah, I'm just really like, I love, I really love giving readings. I have this vision. I I may have told you about it of like, of actually working with other therapists and their clients and coming in like as an astrologer and just providing the reading. And then you and your, you and your therapist can like go off and like do the work together because I can't work with everyone as a therapist. Right. And, but I still have this vision of astrology being a bigger part of the therapy conversation. So even if you don't come with your therapist, that's never happened before. But you know, you can take the insights into therapy. And I hope to God your therapist is open to it. If not, that's, you know, you can make that conclusion for yourself. But (laughs) yeah, I just I'm really I'm just focused on readings right now and growing my community. And I do love to teach. So I probably will teach some kind of astrology class later in the year. I've been thinking about maybe like a basics class or, you know, just fundamentals, that kind of thing. But yeah, readings. And of course, like you can find me on Instagram if you want to stay connected. Yes. 
Okay, we're going to have to have a conversation offline about what you just said about bringing your therapist and doing readings. My practice is also full at the moment. However, yeah, we're going to have, I'm totally here for this. So I will be your therapist that you do readings for because (laughs) this is exciting. And obviously I work with clients going through this time. So what a better way for them to have like a true reading from you and then doing that work. So very exciting. Plus, if you're a therapist listening to this and you love astrology, yeah, consider that. Very cool. And if you if this conversation has sparked something in you, go get a reading with Lauren. She's so incredible, so gifted. I will be linking your website and your IG handle in the show notes. So for anyone who wants to get in touch with Lauren, you can do it that way. And Follow her on Instagram. She has incredible content all the time. Highly recommend. Lauren, thank you so much for being here today, for sharing this wisdom with us. This was super fun and I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really grateful I got to be here with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Lauren. If you just finished your Saturn return or you're starting yours, I have some exciting news for you. I have two learning retreats coming up. So if you just finished your Saturn return, I'm hosting a learning and reflection retreat on Thursday, March 30th. For more details on that, you can check out the show notes. And if you just started your Saturn return, so your Saturn is in Pisces, I'm hosting a learning retreat on April 21st. Again, more details in the show notes. They're going to help you either reflect on your Saturn return or get prepared for your Saturn return. And most importantly, you get to be in community with your Saturn cohort, which is so amazing. Or if you just want more general information on your Saturn return, you can take my Saturn return workshop and the replay is available in the show notes. It's such a fun workshop. Have a great week and take care, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Return. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends. And if you leave a review, five stars, I would be forever grateful.